Hi, this is Evan Gigline. Thank you for listening to Table Talk Radio. We at Table Talk Radio are building a brand new website that will make it easier to listen to archive shows as well as search for particular topics. We have most of the structure for our new website in place. We just need to add our old content. We are looking for a special Table Talk Radio website volunteer who can help us add our old content to our new website. Only basic computer skills are needed. You don't need advanced knowledge in website design. As a Table Talk Radio website volunteer, not only will you have the esteemed privilege of working on the new Table Talk Radio website, there may also be a sum of Table Talk Radio points in store for you. If you're interested in being the Table Talk Radio website volunteer, email me, evan at tabletalkradio.org. That's evan at tabletalkradio.org. Thanks again for listening to Table Talk Radio. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Have you completely dedicated every part of yourself to and I said, well, what's the answer? And she says, that's the trouble. The answer's always no. I said, well, let's ask the question a different way. Has Jesus given everything for you? Has he dedicated his whole life to you? Has he invited you into his heart? And the answer to that is a glorious and gracious and conscious, freeing, comforting yes. Uh, only then we, we hear the gospel, that Jesus Christ came to earth, uh, was born of a Virgin Mary, lived a perfect life, uh, in our place, and died the death that we deserved, took on the full wrath of God. All that was done for us so that we could be called righteous and holy in the eyes of God. That's not going to help with the who wants to date a seminarian hotline right there. <laughs> and you know what that sound means. It's time for another edition of Table Talk Radio. I'm Evan Gigline, and I'm here with everyone's favorite co-host of a Lutheran theological game show, Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. And I take that accolade very seriously. <laughs> As well you should, because we're, we're so serious on the radio, is why. Okay. Right. <laughs> All right, we, well, let me tell you about today's edition of Table Talk Radio. Uh, Google it. We haven't played Google it for quite a while, so it's time to hit some Google it. That's where we uh, test out our uh, information superhighway for accuracy in theology. And uh, also, we're playing Who Wants to Be a Theologian? I do. <laughs> and, Are you waiting for that? Yeah. That's a, that's a regular response. Uh, I then, do. I do. <laughs> and then we'll end up with Bible Bee. Maybe, maybe you'll win this time. Maybe. Yeah, it's doubtful. <laughs> that's my favorite game, Bible Bee. All right. Um, <laughs> we're going to do some uh, theological buzzwords. On Table Talk Radio. What theological buzzword do you have for me today, Pastor? The theological... I have another theological buzz phrase. I'm captured by these phrases. Uh, <laughs> and your, The phrase for you is, the wrath of God. Wrath of God. The wrath of God. Wrath means, or as our f- Anglican friends pronounce it, wrath. <laughs> it, <laughs> I like that. Wrath. It means anger, uh, and it mostly, you know, this is one of the, when you just kind of go out and troll uh, around people's opinions of God, this is one of the things that's often missing. Uh, most people think of God as just kind of a nice guy, just friendly fellow, uh, and the idea that he would be really, really mad about sin just seems to escape most people, but the Bible says otherwise. Uh, the wrath of God is revealed against all types of unrighteousness and ungodliness, uh, God is mad at sin. So that's uh, that's God's wrath. And you have to have God's wrath if you want to get to his love, because uh, what he does with his uh, with the death on the cross is he uh, appeases his, his own wrath uh, so that he can love and, and serve us. So the wrath of God, that's your phrase. Okay. Um, and the one I have for you, I don't, now that I am looking at this, I wonder if I've given this to you already, but uh, soteriology, have you had that one yet? 
I don't know. I can't remember. Okay, then if you can't remember, you have, to, you have it again. Soteriology, and this is a term that we use to. Uh, this isn't found in the Bible anywhere, but it's a term that we use in uh, systematic theology uh, to talk about the the study of uh, the theology of salvation. So when you hear soteriology, it's talking about talking about salvation. Good enough. Good enough. All right. Yeah, we talk Good about luck. competing soteriologies so that people have different views of how we become saved. That's great. Okay. That didn't count, by the way. That... You're right, right. Okay. <laughs> I know. All right. Don't worry. Google it. This is where we type in a theological term into Google, and uh, we find what the top results are. So we we can test out the Internet to tell you whether or not it's a safe place to get your theology. So I'll yeah, let you go first. My first word that I have is I, I did – see, I was going to use this for the buzzword, but then I switched over to Google it because I think we'd done it before. I I typed in the word propitiation. Uh, this is a word, I think we had it on Bible Bee once as the one word thing. It comes up a few times in the scriptures, the word propitiation. Romans 3, 25, Hebrews 9, 5, uh, 1 John 2, and 1 John 4. Uh, they're two different Greek words that are related to each other, uh, two different derivatives. Uh, but it's a, it's a marvelous theological word. So I typed that in there, and I, it came up with a number of things. And the fourth one down was this Theopedia which I had never heard of before. Have you heard of the Theopedia? No, that's new on me. It's uh, it's like Wikipedia, but it's but some it's Calvinists, Theo. apparently. <laughs> yeah, Theo. Godpedia. And some Calvinists put this sucker together. Uh, and it's like a, it's supposed to be an encyclopedia of biblical Christianity. So so their statement of faith, I was even looking at their statement of faith to figure out about it. And it's, uh, it's kind of your standard evangelical uh, statement of faith. Uh, and then it says, "Oh yeah, and besides that, we're also Calvinist." <laughs> <laughs> but they have a pretty good uh, they have a pretty good uh, um, uh, worksheet here for propitiation. It talks about the uh, Greek word hilasterion, how the King James translates it mercy seat, how the word is used in the Septuagint in Exodus 25 uh, and Exodus 30 uh, to translate the Hebrew kapareth, and then it talks about how Christ is called the, the propitiation for our sins. Uh, in First John 2, uh, he is the propitiation because by his coming as our substitute and assuming our obligations, he expiated our guilt, covering it by the vicarious punishment which he endured. So, oh, very good. So there you go. So Theopedia. Yeah. Now, yeah we, so this is not so bad. This I, I'm starting to uh, really be captivated by this idea of propitiation, though, because uh, as they point out here. Um, the, the Greek word hilasterion is used as a translation of what the Old Testament refers to as the mercy seat. Remember how the, in the in the temple you have you have two rooms. You have the holy place and then the most holy place, and then in the most holy place you have the ark of the covenant, and then right on top of the ark of the covenant you have this. Well, it's the cover, and it's but it's called the mercy seat, and there's a couple of cherubim coming off. There's horns on the edge, and this is the point where the blood of the atoning sacrifice is poured out. Twice a year, on the same day, on the Day of Atonement, the high priest brings the sac- the blood of the bull that was sacrificed for his sin, and then the blood of the bull that was sacrificed for all of Israel's sins, and he brings that blood right there on that lid to the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, the propitiation. And I, and I think what's fantastic about this is... Uh, is that this that the wrath of God, which should be coming forth from the Ten Commandments, is now covered over by the blood of the sacrifice? And the New Testament says that's Jesus. That's exactly what His blood does. So not such a bad explanation here. I I kind of like it. Yeah, I I do like it. Um, related to that, I we hear people uh, who maybe scoff at the use of the sacraments in the church today, and. Uh, I, I've heard this related then that you know in the Old Testament we have all these 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 sacrifices um, where you have blood being literally just spilled everywhere outside the temple and things like that and so it's it's you know not that um, well let me put it this way that that blood was was something very real to them and so it's it's not uh, a far cry for God to use something visible that we touch to to connect the forgiveness of sins to us today either um, that that. You can use something as ordinary as water uh, or something as ordinary as bread and wine to connect that forgiveness to us uh, and, and and to that um, to be true for us, that we actually know that we are forgiven because we are baptized, because we've uh, tasted Christ's body and blood. 
No, that's exactly right. I mean, we and it's especially this blood. This blood, there's some, apart from the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins, uh, the Lord tells Moses in Leviticus. So that if sins are going to be taken away, there has to be blood spilt, because the punishment for sin is the, is death, the spilling of blood. So there has to be there has to be death somewhere. The, the good news of the gospel is that the Lord accepts the death of Jesus uh, in the place of what should be our own death, you see. Uh, and that's how what the, really what the whole Old Testament sacrificial system was to was to show that God will accept the death of another in my place. I mean, look at when that bull and that goat and that lamb and all of this is up there on that altar, and you and me are sitting there in the temple. We brought this goat there. We brought this bull there. We we are supposed to be thinking, look, that should be me up there on the altar. God should be pouring out his uh, his punishment for sin on me. And instead of that, he's pouring it out on that on that animal, that innocent animal. And that's exactly what uh, uh, we're to think when we see the cross. That should be me hanging there on that cross, and yet God is pouring out his anger for my sin out on his own son. It's the it's exactly the same thing. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I have a I have a theological term that I Googled as well. And that the phrase I should say that I Googled was end times. And uh, of course the first result you get is always uh Wikipedia. But then the next one that I got was this uh website, the title is Signs That We Are in the End Times. And so yeah, it goes through yeah. all these these signs uh, and then gives the proof text. So false prophets, false Christ, famines, earthquakes, tribulations, apostasy. The one that I want to talk about with you, Pastor Wolf Miller, is number four on this uh, on this web page is the uh, rebuilding of the temple, restoration of the temple worship and animal sacrifices in Jerusalem. <laughs> For several end time <laughs> prophecies to be fulfilled, the temple will have to be rebuilt. This website says. So Revelation. It, hey, before you. Oh yeah, Revelation. What? Eleven two, which says, what? "Leave out the court in which, leave out the court which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the nations, and they will tread underfoot the old, the the holy city for forty two months." Let's That's talk weird. about that. The rebuilding of the temple. From the Google it term in time already. Well, it's time for our first break already. Can you believe it? (laughs) (laughs) But don't worry, we'll finish Google it after this break, and then we'll get into who wants to be a theologian. I do, I do. (laughs) Call us on our number 866-851-5523. Whenever I want to know the fate. So long ago, girl, I used to date. I could leave a two chance, but I can't wait. And so, baby, I Google it. This is Dr. Carl Fikencher, professor at Concordia Theological Seminary. Table Talk Radio is my favorite illustration for the fall of man. In the early 16th century, there was a man named John Tetzel who is remembered for his selling of indulgences to fund the construction of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. He said, as soon as the coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. Luther, of course, combated this teaching, saying that the indulgence wasn't even worth the paper it was written on. We at Table Talk Radio want to give you something of equal value. For every dollar you donate through our website, tabletalkradio.org, we will send you one Table Talk Radio point. With this certificate of pretend Table Talk Radio points, You'll be reminded that the points on Table Talk Radio are like the treasury of merits to your salvation. No help whatsoever. Get your pretend Table Talk Radio points today by clicking the Donate button on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're going to be playing Who Wants to Be a Theologian right after this. But we, first, I we, never really noticed the monks singing in the background of that song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. <'cause laughs> those, nice. those are the monks that didn't make it all the way to being excommunicated. 
their their <laughs> penance is to sing on the the theme song. <laughs> oh boy! But before we play that, we got to get this in times stuff out of the way first. You were you Googled up in times and you came up with this. One of the marks of the in times is the rebuilt temple, right? And so they use eleven Revelation eleven two leave out the court which is outside the temple and do not measure it for it has been given to the nations and they will tread underfoot the holy city for forty two months. We need not uh, be advanced theologians to, to see the error of that, first of all, um, is that if the temple has to be built for Jesus to come back, that means he can't come back now. That's right. And that's just simply crazy. It and completely undoes the imminence of the Lord's return. Inversely, if I uh, was looking forward to the second coming of Christ, I would be putting my efforts rebuilding the temple. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of Christians are, which is troubling. Uh, and perhaps we should say something to that. The texts that it offered were Revelation 11 and Daniel chapter 9. What what we see in this sort of scheme is that they're reading the book of Revelation as a kind of a, a book that maps out the last few years before the Lord's return. And that is clearly how not how the book is written. I mean, the very first words of the book of Revelation are, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, who is, who was, and who is, uh, who will, how does it say that? He is, he was, and he will be. Um, or he, he is the the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. And this book of Revelation covers that. It covers the beginning and the end, and it stretches uh, throughout all history. In fact, a quick way to get an uh, idea of the book of Revelation is this. Um, John is, sees in a vision how really, really bad things are on this earth. And, th- and you can know that. I mean, John himself was in exile for preaching the gospel. The church is being persecuted. There's trouble all around. And so John sees all of this in a, in a vision, how bad things are. But then he's taken up into heaven, and he is given then the vision of Jesus. So just as soon as John is uh, ready to th- be tempted to think that the devil's in control of things and that the church is, g- is not going to survive, then the Lord gives him this gracious and marvelous vision of uh, of the throne in heaven. And who's there but the Lamb as he was slain, and, and the elders surrounding and worshiping him, the living creatures singing his praises, this marvelous, comforting passage. And then uh, when John is filled up with that comfort, foom, back down to the earth. He has the vision of the beast or the prostitute or the dragon or all this sort of stuff. And just when he's about ready to despair of this vision, then wham, right back into heaven where the where the heavenly choirs are singing the praises of Jesus. Still, he's still on the throne. He's still on charge. And, and this is how the book of Revelation is for us. It's not some sort of secret map of how things will work out in the years before Jesus returns. It's to give us the comfort of knowing that in the middle of all of our trials and tribulations and sin and death and suffering and tears and all this stuff that this sinful life brings to us, Jesus, the one who was crucified for us, is sitting on the throne. The one who loves us enough to give up his life for us is in charge of everything. And if we if we if we read the book of Revelation in any other way, then we completely miss the whole point. Very good. And that's also true for Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, that, I think that um, takes care of the signs of the end times. And if I, by the way, wanted to prove to you that the temple had to be rebuilt and I was one of these dispensationalists, I would use the First Thessalonians text that talked about the man of sin setting himself up in the temple of God. That would be a better text, Shh, but be quiet. We un- <laughs> but we understand that text, uh, to, to the temple of God there, to be the church, uh, which which Paul and Jesus himself calls over and over the temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, well, well done. All right. Well, I don't think anyone will be going to that website when they, at least if they're listening, as if anyone's listening. <laughs> okay, let's play. Who wants to be a theologian? I do. And uh, you have different steps here. You, you start as the lowly of lows, the Table Talk Radio Vicar. co-host. Vicar. And, uh, no, no, Vicar's the last one. That's when, when you achieve everything that you can possibly achieve, you become a Vicar. <laughs> well, I would change my mind about playing this game then. <laughs> oh, brother. You know, so you the, start out the, as a radio no, host. The, the words theologian and Vicar are kind of synonymous. <laughs> Forgot. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, so you started as a table talk radio host, and you work your way up, and you're allotted three lifelines. You can phone a pastor, phone a professor, or phone a district president. So those are the ones you have okay. to use. 
and oh, uh, use them wisely. Okay, so your first one is, uh, are you ready to, to move up from Table Talk Radio co-host? I am. <laughs> You're dying to do it, I bet. Okay, uh, the first one is... <laughs> For years. The, <laughs> the theological acronym TULIP was authored by whom? Is oh, it boy. A, Jonathan Edwards, B, John Calvin, C, Synod of Dort, or D, my landscaper Herb. <laughs> herb. Let's uh, <laughs> let's take Herb out. Although maybe Herb is a Calvinist. This tulip stands for the five points of Calvinism. Uh, total. Dep- let's see if I can get them. Total depravity, um, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and the perseverance of the saints. Oh, you only that right? got that because Theopedia is up on your screen right now. No, I've taken it down. It was getting too distracting. <laughs> I've taken down Theopedia, but I still got the tulip stuff. This is so. This is uh, the it, it, it's Calvinism kind of reduced to its to its essence. Although I don't think if you were to you know talk to Calvin about it, he would appreciate it. But what happens is you get the Armenians coming along, and they say, "Hey, this Calvin guy, he doesn't have enough free will." So they come up with their uh, points about free will, and the Senate of Dort responds and says, "No, no, uh, you guys are all wrong." Uh, these are the five points uh, that we have to stick to, and they come up with the five points of Calvinism. Now, what what I don't know, I, a descendant of Dort wasn't in English, so it wouldn't have made any sense for them to come up with the phrase tulip. Now, oh, Jonathan... Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe, I, maybe this question was poorly. I, I'm looking for the five points of Calvinism, not necessarily oh, okay. the, the acronym <laughs> itself or the, the memory device. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking Edwards here, he's an, he's an American uh, uh, Calvinist, and so maybe he came up with it. But the, these five points were hashed out then in the Synod of Dort. Is that what you want? That's what I want. All right, I, Synod I was, of Dort. I was struggling how to phrase that question, because then I put, because I, I thought you might, that might trip you up. So then I put the principles of, Akron, uh, of Tulip, but then I was afraid you would go to Calvin with a principle, so I don't know what Yeah, because, do. because I... Uh, uh, when I hear that word principle, I start uh, looking for the heresy two-step. <laughs> yeah, if you if you miss the heresy hoedown, you'll have to visit our Table Talk Radio archive on our website, tabletalkradio.org. All right, you've reached the level of a of a peasant. All right. How's it feel? Finally. <laughs> okay, the next question then, if you're ready for it. Ready. Which of the following heresies... <laughs> I got to get in the mood. I'm shining a flashlight in my face. Can we get the the pet band going here or what? Okay. Uh, Which of the following heresies is not a heresy about the Holy Trinity? Okay. And and, uh, maybe to clarify this question as well, lest you try to deconstruct my questions. Um, Heresies relating directly to the the Trinity. Um, Okay. You could probably make the argument. Anyway, okay, A, is it... Arianism, B, Docetism, C, Pelagianism, or D, Modalism. Okay, so the first one go you got go through one at a time and let's hash out what they are. All right, A is Arianism. Arianism, that's the uh, that's basically the ancient version of the Jehovah Witnesses who said that uh, Jesus was not the eternal Son of God, but the first creation of God. That says Arius' big deal. Boy, that got traction in the church, too. And so uh, the the councils had to come together uh, to expunge that business, Nicaea and Constantinople and all this. So that does directly have to do with the nature of God, uh, especially the nature of the uh, Holy Trinity and the Son of God. So that does have to do with it. The next one? Uh, Docetism. Docetism. This is comes from the Greek word dosis something, <laughs> <laughs> which means to seem. Uh, and so this is the idea that, how did it go? They said that Jesus was, uh, he seemed like he was a man. Right. Uh, but he was um, really some sort of ghost or spirit. He was, he never, the f- incarnation was... Uh, not fully, it wasn't a real incarnation. It just kind of, Jesus just looked like it. And when Jesus, it was time for Jesus to die, someone else took his place. And so that again has to do with the incarnation and the uh, Trinity. So that one counts. The next one. Okay, Pelagianism. Pelagius was the, he had to do with the will of man, that man was, um, could accomplish through his good works the uh, pleasure, good pleasure of God. 
So Pelagianism, and then you have semi-Pelagianism, which says that man is uh, able to uh, please God by his own works with, uh, with the assistance of grace. Uh, so that has that's more of a soteriological uh, heresy um, rather than a uh, proper theological heresy. So that's in the running. Uh, let's see what the last one was. Nice. 450 on that, by the way. And real quick, modalism <laughs> with 30 seconds. Modalism is that God takes different forms. So Old Testament Father, uh, New Testament Son, now Holy Spirit. That also has to do with uh, God, the nature. So that is also a Trinitarian heresy. So the answer is C. All right. C it is. Congratulations. You have reached the level of monk. And we'll continue this game, Who Wants to Be a Theologian, right after this. Well, pick me up. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Never imitate it, never duplicate it. And now it's time for Table Talk Extras with Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. We are all born sinners, that is, children to our flesh and to the devil. That is why one of the most glorious and beautiful pictures of the gospel in the scripture is that of adoption. That the Lord takes us, who is not our father, we're not naturally his children, he takes us into our family. One of the things that happens when someone is adopted is they, they receive a new name. They they give their adopted parents, give them their name, and with the name goes all of the things that come with being in the family, acceptance and, and a place and love and an inheritance. So it is with us when we're baptized. We're given the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We're adopted as his children. We're brought into his family, and we receive his spirit and his kingdom and his name and everything that belongs to him. So we have this marvelous text. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. You, all of you who are listening and who are Christians, are the adopted sons of God. You are members of his family. You have his kingdom and his holiness and his righteousness and his name. And so we together can say, Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we, we, should be called the children of God. May we rejoice in that. Amen. This has been a production of Table Talk Radio. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. Welcome back to Tables Talk Radio. That's the Pastor Brian Wolfmuller theme song. <laughs> I am white. That's why I wear black all the time, trying to <laughs> cover, cover up, up my white nerdiness. I, I, is that the first time we've bumped in with Weird Al? I'm pretty sure it is. I hope so. <laughs> what are we going to do next time is I'm fat. Or, uh, oh, man. Oh, man. White and nerdy. That could, I'll have to listen to that song as I'm going up to the seminary here in a few weeks. <laughs> Oh, that's right. You're you're uh, competing with the uh, attendance with um, Miss America over at the. Yes, seminary. I'll have to report back to all the faithful Table Talk Radio listeners on how that visit go- to the seminary goes. I'll be there, uh, coterminous with Miss America on campus. <laughs> She'll be talking about what is Miss America talking about? Um, serving your neighbor, and I'll be talking about caring for people when they die. 
Sorry. Right. And uh, the deaconess students will be at yours, and the seminarians will be at Miss Mary. Okay. <laughs> only, because, uh, only because seminarians are concerned about serving the neighbor. That's right. <laughs> Too bad you're way down in Oklahoma on Vicarage. Miss <laughs> yeah. America's coming? I should have delayed my Vicarage. <laughs> I, I, I like a delayed Vicarage so I can meet Miss America. <laughs> That's okay. I'll just call Doesn't Miss America listen to the show? Yes. <laughs> just like everyone else. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, what are we doing? We're playing uh, Who Wants to Be a Theologian and Pastor? I do. You have reached... The level of monk. So congratulations. Okay. And you. Uh, you are now aspiring to be a reformer. And to All do right. so, you must answer the following question correctly. Which so-called new atheist is speaking in the following soundbite? Are you ready? Yeah, I love the new atheists. Now, I am uh, absolutely convinced that the main source of hatred in the world is religion and organized religion. Absolutely convinced of them. And I, I'm glad that you applaud, because it's a very great problem for those who oppose this motion, isn't it? How are they going to ban religion? How are they going to stop the expression of religious loathing, hatred, and bigotry? I speak as someone who's a fairly regular target of this, and not just in rhetorical form. I have been the target of many death threats. I know in, within a f- short distance of where I'm currently living in Washington, I can name two or three uh, people whose names you'd probably know who can't go anywhere now without a security detail because of the criticisms they've made of one monotheism in particular. And this is in the capital city of the United States. Okay. All right. So we have someone saying that, that we need to get rid of religion because it's dangerous and hatred, hateful. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah, so here are your This, options. by the way, is the, the difference between the old atheists and the new atheists. The old atheists uh, said, hey, religion is wrong. The new atheists say religion is dangerous. So here are your options for the new atheists that that soundbite might be of. It's Is it A, Christopher Hitchens, B, Richard Dawkins, C, Sam Harris, or D, what's the difference? That's right. What? <laughs> that's, that's really true. There is, I mean, they all say the same sort of thing. Um, if you you've heard them, you've heard one, you've heard them all. Uh, Sam Harris, I believe, is an American. I don't know if I've really ever heard Sam Harris. He wrote Letter to Christian Nation, some other stuff. Uh, I think he's American, so he doesn't have this kind of sophisticated British accent uh, like Hitchens does and Dawkins does. Dawkins talks slower, and he's slightly less inflammatory than uh, Christopher Hitchens, because uh, Dawkins likes to fancy himself a scientist. Hitchens is just a He's just kind of a thug, and that's uh, and you heard a bit of that in this quotation, uh, where he's he's talking about how religion, you know, what they do too. They say, "Hey, look, uh, religion is what came the the quarterback, or sorry, the uh, uh, the two the twin towers there came crashing down on that. Uh, uh, that's the um, that's the result of religion, hatred and destruction, and all of this sort of stuff. And so, uh, uh, look, religion is a source of hate, and and he goes around with that kind of thuggish. Uh, brute kind of interpretation of world events. So this quotation was A, Christopher Hitchens' final answer. That is correct. Um, and, uh, you know, the thing about Christopher Hitchens is that he's kind of stealing your thunder here is, is that he uh, uses uh, humor in his presentations. He, I mean, Hitchens is a, a pretty funny guy. And so th- there's something about the use of humor uh, everywhere except for Table Talk Radio that it's it's, it's a... <laughs> Agree. <laughs> it's it, it's almost a device to I don't know what would you say uh, uh, be winsome if you will. Yeah, humor kind of opens people's ears. I think um, if used properly. You know what? What also Christopher Hitchens does? He kind of he doesn't comb his hair. He he unbuttons his shirt a little bit. He doesn't also, wear also undershirt. after Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. <laughs> That's right. Oh, <laughs> if this collar wasn't holding my shirt together, boy, he doesn't wear an undershirt that's European style, you know? He kind of has this kind of lazy sort of, uh, some, he'll be debating someone and he just looks like he doesn't even care. I think this is classic, uh, this guy, Christopher Hitchens. I wonder what it'd be like to, you know, sit on stage and, and duke it out with one of these clowns. Uh well, who knows? Maybe a Table Talk Radio is maybe a good platform. I'll call Christopher Hitchens and see if he wants to be a guest on the show. How many people listen to your show, he would say? Oh, four, <laughs> five. He'd love it. Okay, well, let's move on. Uh, you, you've reached the level of reformer. And now, uh, to, to, be, to become a vicar, you must answer the following question. 
I'm going to miss it on purpose. I hope it's a tough one. <laughs> okay, here it is. Uh, 1 Corinthians three eleven through 15 is a proof text for which false teaching? And 1 Corinthians three eleven through 15 reads as follows. For other foundation no man can lay, but that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, gold, uh, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work must be manifest. For the day of the Lord shall declare it, because it shall be revealed in fire, and the, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, then he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work burn, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, so as by fire. Okay, got it. First okay. Corinthians three. So that is First Corinthians three. So is that a proof text for which false teaching? Is it A, the Protestant teaching of once saved, always saved? Is it B Roman Catholic teaching on purgatory? C. Rick Warren's teaching on the purpose-driven life, or the LCMS evangelism program ablaze. <laughs> the, our, uh, the LCMS evangelism ablaze program, uh, I've never really seen it go to the scripture to prove itself. Uh, it, I don't think it really uses proof text, so let's take that one off the table. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. So uh, that got... leaves us three others. Um, uh, once saved, always saved. The idea that you – this kind of Calvinistic idea, the perseverance of the saints, the P in the tulip. Uh, can't lose your faith no matter what you do. Uh, then the second was Roman Catholic teaching of purgatory, and the third was Rick Warren. Now, I know that classically this text has been used as the proof text for purgatory. I mean it's just about as close as anything – uh, in the scriptures can come to this idea that after death we're purified because it says if you build with wood, hay, stubble, straw, all of this sort of stuff, your uh, 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 these works will be purified uh, as with fire, right? Right. So this is, um, as far as uh, uh, the kind of classic use of this text to support a false doctrine, it would be purgatory. But you can understand how this text also comes into the discussion, both for once saved, always saved, and for the Rick Warren. First with the once saved, always saved. Um, you you have this idea uh, that no matter what happens, your your uh, no matter what kind of sins you commit or anything like this, uh, the, when you die, these will be taken away, but you will survive as if through fire. So, so your soul uh, makes it into heaven, even though all, everything you've ever done is is destroyed. So this comes in as a uh, as a kind of sideline proof for once saved, always saved, as well as um, this Rick Warren business. Rick, I don't, I mean, I don't read a lot of Rick Warren, but every time I take up something of his, he's always talking about the test. This life is a test, and so you, you're saved by grace, but now you gotta you gotta pass the test. You gotta do all these good works. What have you done to serve me and serve my neighbor? This is the test that you'll face on the last day. Is doesn't he say that in Purpose Driven something or other? In Purpose Driven Church or Purpose Driven Life or Purpose Driven Marriage or Purpose Driven Radio Show? This book you've been reading or right. <clears throat> Purpose Driven Vicarage. <laughs> Purpose, purpose-driven, looking for someone to uh, date a seminarian. Wrong. Okay. <laughs> all these purpose-driven stuff. It's all about the test, you know. How you, what are you gonna do to pass the test? Uh, and and this, uh, uh, you know, this ver- verse could be used to, to support this uh, goofy idea. Look at you. Can, you have choices to build. You can build with wood, hay, straw, stubble, or you could build with gold and silver and diamonds and rubies. It's your choice on on how you're gonna live your life. So uh, I'd say that uh, B is the answer, but A and C are also possibilities. I've okay. I've never heard this is a proof text for for once saved, always saved. And uh, I'd be interested. Why don't you pull out your uh, your Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life? I think you have the index, the 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 reader's guide to the book. Don't you have that right there? <laughs> yeah. And, and see this if is this what's is what's on a... your pastor's library. Yeah. Hold on, I got it's, it's way on the other side. Okay, that's right. I, I guess I, I guess I could see how he would use this verse, but I've never heard of that before. I was going for B, uh, the Roman Catholic teaching on purgatory. But okay, well, so, all right. Well, um, we are out of time for this segment, but don't Eesh. don't worry, don't worry, because after this, <laughs> we're gonna have Pastor Brian Kesselmeyer on the line, and we're gonna play some Bible B, the 
uh, arch nemesis of Pastor Brian Wolfmiller. For, so don't go. He yeah, loves to come and wallop me with Bible beat, you know? <laughs> I got this quote on my Wittenberg Trail wall that says, uh, he lo- this guy said he loved the show, but especially with Pastor Ketchermeyer's on as a guest. And then Pastor Ketchermeyer responded and said, yeah, me too. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 that's why we're having him back for Bible We'll do that right after this break. Don't king, down in the jungle room. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are on the line with uh, Pastor Brian Ketchelmeyer, pastor of Redeemer Lutheran Church in Los Alamos, New Mexico. Thanks for joining us, Pastor. Oh, sure thing, Evan. And uh, always back to give me another walloping in Bible beat. <laughs> <laughs> he well, loves that. Oh man, he he would come on the air to beat me at Bible beat every day if you wanted him to. <laughs> well, let's get right to it, shall we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Pastor Ketchelmeyer. Pastor Ketchumayer, the first one is for you, and your okay. verse, your, your verse, you get three verses on the first round, and uh, they are as follows. But, but I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war, of, waging war against the law of my mind, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin which is in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the, from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other hand, but on the other, with the flesh of the law of sin. Very good. Now, you want me to name the New Testament or Old Testament? What, what do you want me to name? Evan? The the book of the Bible. The book of the Bible. Very good. Well, we we know that uh, because of the revealed name of Jesus Christ. Uh, that this is going to be in the New Testament, where Jesus is the fulfillment of the Messiah promised in the Old Testament. And uh, this uh, sounds like Paul, who's uh, teaching us the significance of Christ releasing us from uh, the bondage to sin and the slavery that we have by nature. And Paul goes into uh, great detail in his Epistle to the Romans about this. So I would say uh, Epistle to the Romans. It is. You can even get bonus points, right, for the, if you get the chapter? Yeah, do you want to guess the chapter? Well, I'm going to guess chapter 7. Correct. Okay, so I'll give you 200 points for correctly identifying the, the book, another 100 for the chapter. All and, right. And then would you like to uh, talk about whether this passage is law and or gospel? Well, <laughs> now, that was a long passage, so uh, I am not sure of the, the entire passage what you read. But when Paul, the emphasis here is on the wretched man that I am, who can deliver me, and this uh, struggle with sin, uh, that, that, of course, is talking about the issue of the law revealing this uh, struggle that we have with sin. But when he, he, the, the whole point is who can deliver me is Jesus Christ, and of course, is gospel. So I, I, I'm not sure to the extent of that passage where we cut off. Um, but uh, when it talks about the answer to our problem, which is Jesus who re who releases us from this struggle, that's gospel. All right. I'm, another 100 points for that. So after round one, you're sitting already with 400 points. By the way, um, after three three segments of Table Talk Radio, Pastor Wolfmiller has 450 points. So al- already you've almost matched Pastor Brian Wolfmiller. <laughs> Just give me the next verse, Evan. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. If you're ready, your next verse is this. You too will become drunk. <laughs> you will be hidden. You, you too will search for a refuge from the enemy. All your fornific- fornications are fig trees with ripe fruit. Will be shake- when shaken, they will fall, with- fall into the eater's mouth. Behold, your people are women in your midst. The gates of your land are open wide to your enemies. Fire consumes your gate bars. Oh, brother. You were doing another text study on the word drunk. <laughs> um, I well, thought, that's... I thought which pastor would be perfect for Pastor Wolfman? <laughs> I, oh, brother. I always talk about what commandment that involves right there. <laughs> uh, this is going to be from the prophets. Um, 
I'm going to guess it's one of the minor prophets because those are more difficult to guess. <laughs> uh, it has to do with uh, this fornication. And if the, the fig tree, by the way, I know comes up in, in Zechariah. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff on fornication in Hosea because this is where he says, you know, go take for yourself a prostitute. Um, the gates being torn down. I'm going to say this is going to be pre-exile. So why don't we say, why don't we say Hosea? Uh, I'm sorry, you were actually looking for Nahum. Nahum. So nice try, though. Okay, yeah. why don't you uh, tell us uh, whether this is law or gospel, just for the fun of it, since you didn't get the book. <laughs> Right. Well, God does say in Hosea, uh, I was looking at this text the other day, uh, maybe I got Hosea on the mind. Uh, At the beginning of Hosea Hosea chapter 6, he says, I send out my prophets to kill them. Let's see if I can open it up here and and find where it says that. Hosea chapter 6, verse, oh, it's taken too long to find here. Yes, here it is, verse 5. I, therefore, I have hewn them by my prophets. I have slain them by the words of my mouth. This is exactly what's going on with this uh, passage in Nahum. The Lord is calling out the people for their idolatry and for their sin, and he's cutting them down because of it. This is second use of the law, showing our sin and our need for a Savior. So that's all law. All right, law it is. So zero for you, but you still have your 450 from previous games. We'll, we'll give you a head start with, with Bible V. <laughs> Okay, so round two is where you only get one verse to determine what book of the Bible it's from. And Pastor Ketchumau, your one verse is as follows. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. (laughs) All right, very good. Now, this is uh, going to be a passage in the New Testament. And this is a, uh, the, the message that Jesus is giving to the apostles as he sends them out. And we see this at the end of Luke's gospel, where he is addressing them uh, after the resurrection, saying to wait in Jerusalem for the, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, which will be on the day of Pentecost. And so you see Luke and Acts kind of combined together. Acts then gives the, the fulfillment of this. So I'm going to say this is the last chapter of Luke. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. This is oh. uh, this is actually the first chapter of Acts. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I got a chance now. <laughs> well, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and tell us about whether this is law or gospel? <laughs> He's well, thrown off. <laughs> He's never missed before. Because the last chapter of Luke flows right into the first chapter of Acts, and they're talking about the same thing. It's a continuous flow there. Um, this, of course, is a gift of the Holy Spirit, uh, which is the promise of Jesus, that uh, he and the Father will send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will be with the apostles as they go out and proclaim the gospel itself. Uh, so this is a, a wonderful uh, gospel passage about uh, the forgiveness of sins, which will be preached to all nations. Very good. Sorry about that one. Yeah. That really wasn't really fair, was it? Should we give him points any? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, probably. <laughs> just wait to see if I get points on the next one. Then you can see if you're going to go back and okay. retrofit him some points. <laughs> All right, Pastor Wolfman, this is your, your verse for consideration. Uh, round two of Bible B, here it is. I will heap misfortune on them. <laughs> I will use my arrows on them. Oh, man. <laughs> Here's another clear verse. <clears throat> we know exactly. I will heap misfortune. I will what? Rain the arrows on them? I will use my arrows on them. I will use my arrows on them. Uh, here's another. I think this is going to be another prophetic voice. In fact, I think, even though it's not indicated in what you read, that this is going to be the Lord saying what they're, he's going to do to Israel. Because he always says, look it, you're going to get it. But your idolatry is punishable. Um and this, uh, I don't know, for for some reason, uh, the book that comes to mind with arrows and the Lord taking up uh, arms against his people is the book of Micah. So I'm going to say uh, the prophet Micah. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, that's not that's not it. Uh, you were looking for Deuteronomy 32. Oh, man. <laughs> so close. That you were really close. Hey, is this in the section of Deuteronomy where the Lord says, hey, if you follow my law, you get all these blessings. If you don't follow my law, you get all this trouble? Maybe. 
<laughs> law. This verse is law. Okay. <laughs> Come on, uh, let's I'm, let's get to round three. <laughs> okay, we only, we only have a couple minutes here, so we're going to go round three here. And uh, there's, I'll, I'll give you one word, and both of you have two books to choose from with your one word. Oh, too easy. Okay. So, uh, Pastor Keshema, your one word is Theophilus. Theophilus. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. You got the same problem you had last time. But now, Theophilus is, is, a, is an interesting one because this is the name of uh, who Luke is writing to. And as Luke writes to, to uh, uh, give to us the gospel and also the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, um, since the last one was Acts, I'm going to say this one is Luke's gospel. Okay, Luke is correct, but yeah. <laughs> I, I said I said you had you had two books to choose from, so it's in Luke and Acts. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Pastor Wolfner, you also three hundred words. You also All right, I'm ready. Have oh yeah, I need to give Pastor Ketchmaud two hundred words. We're running out of time, so we're going to go straight to the to Pastor Wolfmiller's turn here. And your one word is Cretans. Cretans. All all Cretans are liars. Doesn't Paul write that to Timothy, First Timothy? Um, and then it would uh, also, I'm going to try to get bonus points for guessing the second book that it was in, Cretans, Cretans. Uh, I'm going to say also Titus, First Timothy and Titus. First uh, Timothy is incorrect, Ooh. but Titus is correct, so you'll get 200 yeah. points for that. So Acts and Titus is where it is. So the final score then is 650. Oh, uh oh, it's 600, 650. I'm sorry, Pastor Ketchelmeyer. That's it. I'm sorry. That's all the time we have. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Oh, where the points are 700 to 600 to 650. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. The points mean everything. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to question at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.